Yeah, Father, we thank you that you are a lion that fights on our behalf. Father, we pray that you will fight on behalf of those people we've prayed for today. For Hannah and the colitis pain. For Mandy's mum. For Yasmin. For Noah. For Brian and Jackie. Father God, we ask you to be the lion of Judah in those situations and in their lives. To step in and turn around. To break through. To bring healing. To bring wholeness. In Jesus' name. And we've got a few more prayer requests I just want to move on to. Um, we've got two members of our church who've got to deal with funerals at the moment. Marie King has gone out to kids, but they're attending a funeral on Friday for a friend, Jackie, who passed away just between Christmas and New Year, who was only 62. And Marie wants us to pray for peace over her family and friends. Mark and Jill have also had some uh, unexpected news. Mark's aunt died unexpectedly on Wednesday. She was 93. Uh, but they've asked for us to pray for Uncle Tom, his cousins, Karen and Alison and their families. So we're going to pray for those two families. We're also going to pray for Blake. We heard that his asthma is a lot better and he's sleeping at night. But he's going to a new school. He's going to look at a new school on Wednesday. So we we're going to pray that he likes the school and that he might be able to move there. And that really God's will is done in Blake's education and his schooling. That the right place with the right support and a place that he's going to have fun and enjoy being there. Finally, we're going to pray, Dave, I think, mentioned at one point, or maybe it was in the pre-meeting, about the porter cabin. So as you know, we've got this porter cabin here that uses an office. It's currently being paid for by Sutton Housing, Sutton Housing Partnership. That's quite hard to say. And uh, they've had a meeting because they initially wanted us to take up the cost of hiring it every month, which is £500, which is, gives us two problems. One is that's not what was agreed. Two, we don't have the finances to be able to take that on. So we need God to step in. There's been one meeting already. There's another one this Friday, the 24th of January at 9 in the morning. So uh, Dave and Judith are asking, as a leadership team, we're asking if we can pray. Pray now and pray on Friday for that meeting to be successful. God's will to be done. So, Lord, we lift these situations to you. We pray for Marie and this friend Jackie and her family, Lord. Lord, we pray for that funeral on Friday, that you would be there, Father. I pray for a sense of peace. Lord, I pray that as Marie is there, there's an opportunity to have discussions or ask questions about her faith. Lord, we pray for Mark and Jill and the family, Uncle Tom and the cousins, Karen and Alison. Lord, we pray as they deal with that sudden unexpected death. Lord, I pray that you will be their peace in difficult times. Lord, we know your word says that you are there with people who are brokenhearted. I pray that you'll be with these two families this week. Lord, we pray for Blake. Lord, we thank you for that little boy's education. And we thank you that you have got a hand on his life. And we ask God, as he looks at this new school, that you will help Emma and Louise to know exactly the right decision. That you'll help the skills to know what's right for Blake. And that he can go there, help his learning, and help him have fun and have lots of friends. And Lord, we stand in prayer for the porter cabin, for this discussion on Friday. Lord, we believe that you gave us that porter cabin by your grace, by your breakthrough, because you are the lion fighting for us. Lord, we ask that you go ahead of that meeting. You will be the lion fighting for us this week. Lord, we pray for resolution of this. It gives some stress and some burden about the worry. What if it is going to be removed? What if it is Lord, we pray that actually we lift our eyes and we say, you are the line of Judah. We believe that you have all good things for your people. Lord, we pray for a resolution 
of that porter cabin situation that you will give us what we need. Lord, we dare to pray you'll give us more than that one porter cabin. We want to pray for bigger space, not less space. That's the opposite to what we want and what we need. Lord, we pray for bigger and better. In Jesus' name. Amen. Brilliant. And we know that in the next few weeks, these little green cards are going to become purple cards because they're going to be praises. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so, youth. If you are of youth age, breakout is happening now in the porter cabin with Astrid. I was waiting for one of the adults to step up and look like they were going to go. Oh, I'm youth. Brilliant. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even kidding myself that I'm youth anymore. <laughs> right, uh, let's move on. We're going to move on to the Word of God. We're going to delve deep and see what God has to say to us this morning. I'm going to welcome up our Associate Pastor, Wes. <laughs> We thank you for this man of God, that you, God, have put your hand on his life and you are leading and guiding him. As he speaks to us this morning, Father, I pray that you will give him your words, your wisdom. Father, help us to have ears that are open to hear from you. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to try this mic, see if this one works. This is the recording mic, so if if you don't use this, you have to record from the laptop and it all sounds... I'll do Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Um, the apologies for the pirate impression in the news. That's the issue of being married to the ministry support worker who will pressure you every single day until you break down and actually do what she asks you to do. So, so yeah. happy, happy wife, happy life, isn't it? That's what they say. Um, yeah. um, I just want to, if you, if that's, well, that's right, we're going to spend a, little, a couple more minutes praying just quickly before going into the Word, so I want to just, I want to pray. So let's just bow our heads and just pray for a second. God, we just want to um, we want to worship you today, God. We want to honour you with our time, Lord, and our thoughts and our hearts and our worship today, God. Um, we want to hear from you this morning, God. I pray that um, the word that you've given me, Lord, I pray that I can co- communicate it uh, effectively, God. I pray that um, that we can have hearts to hear what you have to say this morning, God. And Lord, I pray that that we can give you access this morning to the parts of our lives we've not given you access to before. Lord, I pray that, um, that you can speak directly into the things that we have been holding away from you because it's too painful or it's too old or whatever it is, Lord. And I pray, um, God, this morning we can just be servants today, Lord, just children 
um, listening to you, Lord, myself included, that we can just sit at your throne this morning and hear from you, I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm actually uh, preparing this message. It's one, of the, it's one of those things today that I've always found very difficult to articulate to myself. So I've heard God speaking about this, this stuff, but I found it very difficult to understand exactly what God was saying to me. Um, so I want to pray now. I want to make sure I articulate it correctly uh, to you all this morning. And what we'll talk about this morning is judgment. Don't worry about it. It's a word that says judgment on the slide, so you don't have to see that. Uh, the slides aren't fancy today, they're just words. There you go. Whoa, you almost missed out on judgment. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good joke, wasn't it? Um, and uh, there was a, a Bible verse that I was reading, and it came up in my verse of the day like, more than once in the space of two weeks, which either the Bible app had a glitch, um, or it, God was talking to me about something. Um, and the Bible verse that I wanted to, to bring up for, for this um, first part, so I want to talk about how we judge ourselves, firstly. I'm looking at Proverbs 21, verse 2. And it's people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. So people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. Let me go to the next slide as well. It's kind of, I feel like, the dichotomy, or the kind of, that's a good word, right? Uh, Or like the kind of struggle that a lot of us, myself included, play with when we read the Bible and we have a relationship with God. We have this weird relationship where... We think that we're not good enough to serve God, to do this, to do that, to pray, to hear from him, to have a relationship with him. We don't think we're good enough. And then on the same wavelength, we also think that we're good enough. We're good enough to not necessarily do everything and to step out and to go above and beyond. And it's a bit of a weird balance that we play because we, on one hand, we're, we're not good enough to go and do this thing that God's asked us to do. We're on the, on the very same breath that we think we're good enough to not necessarily get out of our comfort zone because we're, we're good people, right? haven't stolen anything, haven't killed anyone, you know, all those kind of classic things. And we judge ourselves in this kind of weird way, yeah. inaccurately, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've, you've probably heard me, you've heard me say that I'm not good enough before to be speaking this morning or stand up here at the front this morning. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I want to encourage people who are sitting here as well might think in the same thing because the Bible tells me and tells us that we're going to fall short of the glory of God because yeah. I guarantee that in my own strength yeah. in, in ways by myself I'm not good enough to do the things that God wants me to do in my own strength yeah. but God qualifies me yes. to be good enough right so God yes. and it's the same with everyone here you were sitting there thinking I'm not good enough to come to church today that's a classic thing isn't it right if you if if, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but you've kind of gone off the path, you're not following the path of God, and you're doing other things, and maybe you get into a bit of a situation, and you start sinning, and the last place you think you belong is with God's people, or at church, or praying to him, or reading the Bible. You feel like you're not good enough to do those things. You feel like you've gone so far off the track that you're not good enough to pray to God. And I think that's what the enemy wants you to believe, firstly. <laughs> um, but it's not what God believes yeah. about you. So this, uh, a little bit how we judge ourselves. It says people might, may, may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. And basically, I mean, I might be reading too much into that one verse in the Bible, 
But I think that we try and judge ourselves and we're so inadequate at it. Yeah. And God judges our heart, examines our heart. And it even says in the Bible that our hearts are like, um, I can't remember the verse I had up earlier, but it was, our hearts are like, are broken, basically. They're so corruptible, they're so easy to get wrong. So typically, if we're sitting in our own strength, then we're never in our own strength to be good enough, but in God's strength, we're good enough. And then, then when we say that we are good enough, there's that complacent side to having a relationship with God. I've been complacent so many times in my relationship with God. Like, I'm good enough. I don't have to go and do that extra thing. I don't really want to get out of my comfort zone and share that word at the front or that, that prophecy or that image that God's given me. I'm kind of, I'm good enough. I don't, if, I don't, if I don't do that thing, or I don't obey God or listen to him in this way, I'm good enough. So I don't have to do that. Has anyone else ever felt that way? Good. <laughs> well, not good, but you know what I mean. Good. Um, and then, how we judge other people? And there's a classic. This is a. This is. I remember this Bible verse from my mum telling it to me when I was a kid, and I always used to think it was really weird. It's that one about sticks in someone's eyes and a log in your own eye. And mum told me about that, and I was like, "How do you get a log in your eye?" <laughs> I was like, I don't, "That doesn't make sense." Childlike faith. I just pictured like a lumberjack having a really bad day, you know. Um, in Matthew 7, uh, 1 to 5, it says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye, when you can't see past the log in your own eye, hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eyes, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. That's quite, well for me, growing up in a Christian family, that's been like a class, like quite a classic bubble verse that gets thrown around a lot. Um, because, it gets thrown around a lot because we're judgmental people. We're always making judgments of other people all the time. Ash and I actually have like a little pact at the moment. If we catch ourselves saying something about somebody else, we go, we're doing it again. <laughs> and we put ourselves in line a bit because it's very easy to get into this weird little world where you think about other people's lives and then you don't even look at your own life. You know, I'm looking at specs when I've got a log in my own eye. Um, and that's what makes us like... It, the, the, the reason why I said I find it difficult to interpret this is because life is not black and white. Like life is so, there's so much grayness, so many gray areas in everything. If you put a blanket rule about anything to any group of people, that blanket rule will be tested in so many different ways because everyone's unique and individual. Yeah. Every situation has so many different things around it. Yeah. It makes it very, very difficult to blanket things and make it very simple and direct. So when I look at this kind of stuff, thinking about judgment and if I'm, if I'm good enough or who's good enough or what's, what's, you know, about being good, am I good, am I bad? You know, all these different kind of things that we ask ourselves a lot as people, let alone as Christians, it's very difficult to, to put a pin on it because it's, it's moving all the time. Am I making sense? Yes. Good. I'm glad I'm making sense. And so we have this weird... I'm going to use the word dichotomy, but I think it's the best word, way to describe it. I don't know what the definition is, but it sounds like the right word for this situation. 
The weird dichotomy is that we judge ourselves harshly, but then at the same time we judge ourselves not enough because we think that we're good enough. And at the same time, we then judge other people for their actions and for their relationship with God, for their relationship with friends and people and how they work and how they do things, etc. etc. And the last thing um, in, in people judging and whatever um, is how God looks at us and how he judges us. And in Isaiah uh, 53, verses 5 to 6, um, it says, He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow it on our own. Yet he, yet the Lord laid, down, laid on him the sins of us all. And that really spoke to me, that verse, when I read that. It really kind of jumped out and hit me. Because we're not qualified to judge ourselves. We're not qualified to judge other people. Because we get it wrong. And the one that is qualified to make judgments, he loves us so much that he, he was pierced for our rebellion, he was crushed for our sins, he was beaten so he could be whole, he was whipped so we could be healed. And all of us like sheep have strayed away, we have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord has laid on him sins of us all. Like, what that's saying is, it doesn't matter... Like, Jesus died on the cross, not for us who are sitting in this room and have a relationship with him. He died for everyone. The people right now who are walking around who don't have a relationship with God, people actually are against God. He died for those people too. He died for absolutely everyone. The person that has all the right in the world to judge and make judgments at that level. Back back before Jesus came, we we used to, the Jews used to live by the law. And the law was like a really, that was like the blanket rules, things you can, you can and can't do. Sometimes you, you might think to yourself, oh, uh, it would be easier if I knew what I should and shouldn't do. If I always knew what was right and what was wrong, then I'll be good at doing things. We used to have that option yeah. and no, it wasn't better. <laughs> because they were constantly getting it wrong. Yeah. Constantly getting it wrong. Yeah. And when we read it, we don't often associate ourselves with those people getting it wrong, but they are human beings, like we're human beings. Yeah. So if we were in their position, we would constantly get it wrong. Yeah. It talks about like, work, they would like, be worshipping stone idols and golden idols, etc. We worship different things like phones and actors and YouTubers, whatever. Yeah. We constantly get it wrong. Yeah. That's why Jesus came down to die for us. So the reason why I'm talking about this it's because we're serving a God that loves us so much. Not only that, but it's so great that he sent his son to come and die for us. Yeah. And all we have to do is put our faith in him and follow him to get access to freedom, get access to, to heaven, to our inheritance, to all this amazing stuff. All we have to do is put our faith in him. Mm-hmm. Yet, we live our life like, I'm good enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm good enough. I'm serving God enough. Or, on the other side, he's done all this stuff for me. He died for me. He, says, he set his son's life for me. He set us free from sin. But I'm not good enough to get that. Yeah. I'm not good enough to have access to grace. I'm not good enough to be free from my sin. I'm not good enough to walk in that freedom. Because God doesn't know of all these things I've thought, all these things I've done again and again and again and again and again. And yes, he does, 
and we tried it the other way, where, and everyone kept getting it wrong again and again and again. So Jesus had to send his son to come and die. For, God had to send Jesus to come and die so that we could be set free from that cycle because yeah. we get it wrong. Yeah. Like, regardless, if your goal or your expectation of becoming a Christian or coming to church or having good friends and being, reading the Bible a lot is that you're no longer going to get it wrong, that's wrong. Yeah. It's not actually as much about us as it is about Jesus dying for us. Yeah. It's the blood of the Lamb over our lives that means that we're set free from sin. Yeah. It's not our own actions. So we're wrong when we say that we're not good enough. Because Jesus made us good enough. Yeah. And we're wrong when we say we're good enough. Because we're serving a God yeah. that made us good enough. Yeah, that's right. So we can't like, live our lives serving this amazing God, this amazing path that he's got for us. Kind of laissez-faire. Like, mm, it's alright. You know, I don't, almost like, you know how people, um, I'm talking myself here, people like to do exercise so they can eat more food. <laughs> it's like, we can't do good things, so we don't have to do more good things. Yeah. We have to live sold out for God. Like, we have to pick up our cross every day, pick it up, and follow him. Because we're never going to, do, us doing that stuff isn't going to make us good enough in our own strength, because he's the one who makes us good enough. Yeah. But let's be alive and passionate and back in love with God. I don't care how long you've been a Christian for. Like, if you've been a Christian for 40 years, whatever, and you're older in your years, you are nowhere near done. You are serving God still. He still died for you. The same way he died for a baby and a child or a young person. He still died for you that same way. That same relationship you had with him 40 years ago, that love is still as existent now as it was back then. And if you're a Christian who's been a Christian for like two years or a year and it's not quite as exciting as it was back then and maybe you think that God's moved, God's not moved anywhere. We're the ones that move around him, typically. Yeah. God's love is constant and stable because he's the one that makes us good enough. It's yeah. not us. Yeah. He is the one that makes us good enough. It talks in the Bible about us being that sin separates us from God. I think that means that we're literally walking away from him. And it's not him moving it's literally, we are putting sin yeah. between God and we're moving away. Yeah. But his love is there still. That's not moved. Yeah. It's ready for us at any point. Yeah. We've got to turn back to him, put our faith in him. Yeah. And if we're doing that, we're serving a God that deserves everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Am I making sense still? Yeah. Yeah. One thing that um, Judith preached on, this was like years ago, a long time ago, was the whole thing about us being, oh no, I wrote that, pioneers and not settlers. Pioneers and not settlers. And like our relationship with God as we grow and as we mature in our faith, that relationship does change. Like I was saying earlier, if you're you know, in your first or second year of being a Christian and you're not quite as excited as you was on day one, that doesn't mean they say that you've walked away from God. Yeah. Like, I've been married to Ashley for five years. If I treated her the way I did when I first started dating her, it would be a bit annoying and a bit weird. <laughs> our relationship, our relationship's changed, it's developed, and it's got deeper. Yeah. 
but it's not the same way. I used to do things to get her attention, like throw the I mean, once generally, right? This is a bit of a sidetrack here, and I'm going to bring it back in. But once we had, we're out, like you know, hanging out, we weren't dating yet, we're kind of flirting, and, ah, you know. And I did that thing when boys are really annoying to try and get girls' attention. And I was eating ice cream, and I thought, wouldn't it show her I don't care that much if I put this ice cream on her back? Oh yeah, I did it. <laughs> and she, and you know what? And you can tell you're not married or really dating for a long time because she was angry at me, she laughed. <laughs> if I did that now, oh my God. <laughs> but, that, but that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that I don't love her less now because I'm not willing to be an absolute goofball idiot. I mean, that's a bad example. Really yeah, that is a really. <laughs> but it means that but our relationships deepened and got to a point where we know each other far better. I don't need to do stupid, goofy yeah. stuff. I have to know yeah. who I am, my heart and stuff. I can yeah. be related to on that. So when I say that if you're not quite excited, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily sinning and you've walked away from God. It might mean that your relationship's developing. Yeah. But I want us all to be a church where we're getting closer and closer to God, where, yeah. we, we're, where we're, recognize, we're not like taking it for granted. Yeah. I'm not saying that you are, but you will know this in your own parts if you are. That God died for us. Yeah. Like He gave us freedom. Yeah. And we're reluctant to give him little parts of our lives. We're reluctant to give him bits that hurt. And reluctant to give him bits that give us comfort. Or things that we enjoy doing. Because we don't really want to get out of our comfort zone. But if anything in our life deserves us to get out of our comfort zone, yeah. it's God. Yeah. Because he makes us good enough. He makes us good enough. He's worth being a pioneer for. He's worth not settling for. I just want to... I I felt God put this 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 word on my heart because... I kind of feel like we need to let go of our own standards or things. And have a little bit more faith in his standards. Because when we judge, and we're going to judge, and we'll have this talk, and we'll go back, and we'll still judge, and have to bring ourselves and correct ourselves continuously for the rest of our life. It's always going to happen, because it's instinctual, and you'll catch yourself doing it, and then you have to work out. Once you find yourself judging yourself or somebody, it's once you've done that, you work out what you do with it. Do you let it sink in and believe it, or do you get rid of it? And we're going to have to continually remind ourselves to get rid of those judgments that we're making, but our standards are wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, don't take this in the wrong way, but a God, by God's standard, we're not good people. Because we do things wrong. God is perfect, like immaculately perfect. So when we do something wrong, we're no longer good to that level. That's why we need him to make us good. Yeah. So to, to our standards, when we say someone's a good person, to God's standard, that's very different. And, that, and the reason why it's important to say, and whilst I really want you to hear this, God loves you, and if, you do, and if you're not a good person by that standard, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, it means he loves you so much he wants to make you good. Yeah. That's why he sent Jesus down, so that we are good, and we're made good by Jesus' sacrifice, and our faith in Jesus that we have heaven, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean, still, that our standards are good compared to God's standard of good, because yeah. God is perfect, yeah. and we're not perfect. And we don't understand that concept when bad things happen in our lives. 
and other people's lives around us, but you're like, I'm a good person. And I'm not saying that God's punishing you for being a bad person, but we sit there and we go, I'm, I'm a good person, I don't deserve this. If we live our life asking God why, we get, why things go wrong or happen, and why we don't get what we deserve, if we really get, got what we deserve, <laughs> and I know it sounds like a joke, but really, you think about it, if we really got what we deserve, yeah. we don't want that. God gives us access to far more than we deserve. And it's easier in ourselves to get angry at God than it is to thank him. Why has this happened to me rather than thank you for grace? Why is this happening rather than thank you for grace? Why is this happening rather than thank you for grace? It's easier to get angry and disappointed and laissez-faire and done with God than it is be thanking him for his grace, to be in love with his grace and all those things. Because we don't get what we deserve, thank God. Mm-hmm. We get far more than that because God is the one who makes us good. Yeah. And like, we're sitting, making standards and we're judging from this super narrow perspective. Even adults, like, you know, as adults, even wise people, our perspective in our own minds is still narrow compared to God's perspective. Yeah. And we need to let go of our standards and have faith in his standards yeah. for us. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we're not going to be sad and we're not going to get angry sometimes and we're not going to cry sometimes and we're not going to find life difficult sometimes and we're not going to struggle with things like mental health sometimes and have all these things happen in our life. But we have to remember that it's God that makes us good enough. Because in those times when we're weak, it's when the enemy is loudest yeah. and he has more strength. And if we, don't, if we don't get this and don't give, ourselves, don't give ourselves access to the judgment that God's made by sending Jesus down for us, let ourselves have that freedom, yeah. then we're going to make life going to get harder and harder and harder yeah. all the time. Yeah. And if we're truly on board with that, that God has made us good enough, that God came and died for us, that God has given us grace, that God's given us freedom, then we're going to live differently every day. And we're going to live less like we take it for granted every day. I think um, I've not asked Steve, are you leading worship today, where is he? I'm not asking you this, do you mind doing another song? I'm just going to do another song, and I just kind of want, when we're singing this, as a personal thing for you, just to, like, not ask yourself, have I judged myself, other people? That's not what this is about. This is a bit about falling back in love with God, falling back in love with Jesus, and his standards, and his will, and his way, and putting us our own stuff to the side of it. And it's a personal thing. So we're going to worship now. Um, I just encourage you, like, you know, if you want to talk to someone or be prayed for, come to the front. Like, do come to the front. I'm not saying that, like, oh, you want to. Like, if you want to be prayed for, come forward and we'll pray for you happily. Like, I love that stuff. That's great. Because it means you want to be prayed for and have something happen in your life. But let's just worship. Let's just thank God. Like, he made us good enough. I was going to read that. Before we go into the song, I'm just going to read that one verse again. He says, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He died for you, everyone here. And he deserves our praise.
while we were um, sitting there before we started speaking, I had a picture of London Bridge, not the current one, not the one before, not the one before, but the one before that. It started off as a crossing to go across the river. It started as you, you went to the south bank of the north bank and you crossed the river anywhere went where you were supposed to be going. And gradually they started to hold markets on it. And then they started to build shops on it. It ended up it had everything for life on there. There were people on there who were born on there, lived on there, died on there, and never ever left the bridge. And I feel that people who have experienced, they've walked onto the bridge to the life that God has for them. And they're settled. And when Wes said about pioneering and settling, what God wants is for that to be a bridge, not a place where you have to fight through the shops, you have to fight through the hawkers, and things like that, to get from A to B. He, he has a purpose and a plan and a destination for you. And he wants you to trust him. Might sound, sound a bit strange, but I, I shared it with, with Jill in the um, two of the disciples. It's, it's when I was sitting in worship, as I often do, I was just thinking, God, is there anything you want me to share today? And I believe God's got wants me to share something for somebody in particular. And I just kept getting the words, but the dog died. But the dog died. And it's, there's a situation at some time when um, there was an accident, you were around at that time, and as a part of the result of the outcome of all that, um, a dog died. But for you, you believe it's your fault still, and it's been weighing on you again recently, and you're just finding it so hard to get past that point, because you're, in fact, judging yourself, if you like. Um, saying, you know, was many, and as a result of that, the dog died. But God says, no, you can receive, you know, even if you do think it's you, you can receive forgiveness. You can be set free from that and know that you are able to move on. So, if that is you, do certainly deal with God, but if you'd like someone to pray for you, come and ask them.
part, meant to be part of a message or a word for somebody here, but I think it's a word for somebody here. Because I, I'm one of those people that snoozes my alarm when I go to sleep. And I wake up. Sorry. And I wake up and I'll snooze it for five minutes and I'll snooze it for five minutes. And eventually I'll get out of bed. And I felt God say to me that, that there's someone here who is God has been alarming you. He's been buzzing you. You've been coming to church getting a little niggle. You want to do something more, you want to do something else, something different. God's calling you something and you keep snoozing it. God's saying, get up and get out and get on with it. So well, I don't know if that's that relevant to you. If it is, I'm going to ask you to hands up now. But grab me afterwards and um, I'll help you. We'll help you. Get on with it. So let's just pray as we finish. Maybe through that sermon you can hear yourself hearing the words of being not good enough you're one of those people that you actually think I'm not good enough and that being not good enough is yourself judging yourself but it traps you in not being able to do certain things it becomes like a prison behind which you're stuck but I'm not good enough yeah none of us are so I want to pray for you this morning we want to pray for you if you're in that, that area where you just oh, I'm good enough I can coast I can come to church I can do the minimum. I can get by. I'm good enough. And then if you're in the place where you're feeling a little bit guilty this morning because you've been judging other people, we want to pray that God continues to prod and poke you when you do that to step back into line and to acknowledge that actually he's the judge, not us. So Father, we pray today and we thank you, number one, that you are the ultimate judge and because we're never going to be good enough Jesus came and died for our sins that we can be free that you love us so much Lord I pray this morning for people that never think they're good enough that it traps them and holds them back Father God I pray that you'll help them to be released fully from that word maybe somebody spoke it over their life maybe it's what they think of themselves but definitely the enemy would quite like to keep them there. Lord, we want to pray for freedom for those people this morning. Lord, we want to pray for people who have been coasting and feeling like they're good enough and they can get by. That actually you want to stir them up. God, you've got more. You've got a destination on the other side of the bridge. Don't wait on the bridge. That's not the destination. We want to move over to God's plans and God's purposes and Lord help us all everyone when we judge other people and yet we forget to look at our own lives we're too busy staring at others around us and gossiping about what they're doing Lord help us, pull us back give us your prod to watch our thoughts and watch our mouths Lord and Father this week we pray that we will just remember that you have made all things possible for us by Jesus' death on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good week. Tea and coffee available at the back. Say hi to people you haven't seen before. If you want some prayer or you want to talk to Tim or Wes, come forward.
Amazing, thank you. I assume that's for that.